can be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week after worship, our family set out for a, a couple of days in Mesquite, Nevada. It was a last week of summer before school starts, family getaway with grandma to swim in the pool and go bowling and play arcade games and just be together. And we had a great time. But it made for a short week so that when I got back, by the time I was in the office, I was catching up and making calls and visiting and meeting with staff. And at home this weekend, we were in the process of switching the kids' rooms around, so uh, putting together furniture from Ikea, that's, that's the whole thing. And uh, we had work parties and date nights and a new school year orientation. Whew, it has been a whirlwind of a week. And the only way I think I get through it all is just to stay in the moment, just to take things as they come. And that's usually where I am, focused on the things right in front of me. And as much as I'd like to work two or three weeks ahead and be prepared, I've just got plenty of things on my plate to keep me busy. Are you like that most of the time? Do you stay in the moment? Sometimes we find ourselves just focused on the past. We might get caught up regretting our own actions, being angry about something someone said, or go around in circles over the way someone hurt us, or getting paranoid about someone's reaction to something that we did. I get like that too sometimes. Well, I was thinking about this, and I read a couple of years back, some researchers from the UK studied 372 participants in a survey called the Temporal Focus Scale. And it set out to measure where people focus their attention, on the past, the present, or the future. And there were five groups, and they were noted as this. Those who were especially focused on the present, on the past, on the future, as well as those who were equally focused on multiple times, and then those who had no focus in particular. <laughs> Smartly worded, yes. They seem to find that the group that struggled the most with anxiety and depression were in the group that focused almost exclusively on the past. Makes sense, right? All those things that you can't change, that you get worried about, that drag you down. Previous research on young people who struggled with low self-esteem also found they were ones who seemed oriented towards thinking about the past. Which is interesting because when we read scripture together, well, we hear stories of the past, right? And for centuries, we faithful people have shared the stories of those who have gone before us. All this stuff that happened long ago. They're the saints of the church, the ones we look to for inspiration, for insight, and for strength when we struggle. We hear today the author of Hebrews lifting up some of those Bible greats, the all-star team, right? The Hall of Fame. Cain and Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham. They're included as examples of faithful foregoers who heard God's promises and obeyed, trusted in God, even though they couldn't see. We could add Moses to that list, too, who was promised a homeland and wandered in the wilderness after leaving Egypt for 40 years and then died before entering the promised land. We hear these stories, and we don't stay in the past with them, though. We, we hear how 
They trusted in God's promised future. How that motivated their actions and their lives of faith. It's because they weren't stuck in the past but focused on what God had promised them. Noah was warned of a flood and got busy building an ark even though it wasn't raining yet. He trusted the word. Abraham might have laughed along with Sarah when they heard they would have offspring that outnumbered the stars, even in their old age. But they trusted God and obeyed. Well, eventually. Our story is the story of God, and that is past, present, and future. But when we hear of the past, we hear of those faithful ones who trusted in a promised future. These stories include the reality of life, too, struggles and pain and missteps and frustration. Those people weren't without their own failings, yet they were faithful. They trusted in the promise given to them. After a week where news reports included political upheaval, gun violence, a continuing immigration crisis, and more, we might also be caught in anger and despair. We could be paralyzed by fear of what's going to happen next. We can be deadlocked in arguments with people we love, along with those we only know on social media and not know where to turn or what to do next. It's easy to see why being stuck in the past can be depressing, can cause anxiety. If we're constantly, constantly wondering where did we go wrong, holding on to old hurts or fighting against some past version of ourselves and winding around past events we can't change, we will despair. What can free us from the pain of the past but faith? Faith that centers us in the good news of our Savior and reframes the universe toward God's promise for us in Jesus. We can trust that God is true to God's word because we have faith-filled examples from Scripture. And most of all, through the cross of Jesus, that high priest of the good things, the promise of everlasting life. Being in the moment doesn't free us from the pressure of the problems around us. There are real issues that need attention, call for action. And our baptismal promises include the promise of forgiveness and eternal life in Jesus for us, as well as our promise to go from this place, to share God's story, to gather with the faithful, to care for others, and work for justice and peace in the world. So we show up Sunday mornings. We get formed to follow Jesus in worship. We get reoriented to God's story each week to hear those faithful examples of the past and the good news and to see issues and problems we face as neighbors and citizens in, on the earth through the lens of the cross. I cannot solve all the problems of the world. Could you say that with me? I cannot solve all the problems of the world. I will still make mistakes. I will still make mistakes. We might overlook opportunities to help. We can get overwhelmed, frustrated, angry. Yet we can find peace in knowing that even though I'm not perfect, there are things I can do. Can we say that one with me? Even though I'm not perfect, there are things I can do. 
There's a path for each of us to follow. And guess what? They might be different paths. That's good news. There's a race set before each of us that we can run. In 2010, as a response to an increase in suicides by lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans teenagers, author and journalist Dan Savage and his partner, Terry Miller, started posting videos online, sharing stories of hope for LGBT youth. The It Gets Better project now includes over 50,000 video entries and has been viewed over 50 million times. Dan shared a story recently about one young woman who came out to her parents and they were unaccepting. They told her she was wrong, sent her to therapy, forced her to take back her admission about her sexuality. And after battling with her parents, she eventually lied to them. She told them she was just confused and she took it back. She later wrote to Dan to say that she was watching the videos and hearing stories of those who'd gone before her, adults who had found hope again. And she saw videos from queer people who were now adults with their parents apologizing for how they had treated their children and said she could see a future where her parents would come around to accepting her and loving her for who she was. And she wrote that every day she would come downstairs to see her parents look at them, and she loved them, even though they had been just devastatingly awful to her. She loved them for who they might be in 10 years, and she believed it would get better. When we are afraid, when we despair, when we are angry or upset, we don't know it will get better. We might struggle to believe, we might find it hard to find faith, but we can look to the past, to those who've gone before us, the ones who've stayed faithful and trusted in the promise of the Savior, to know that Jesus is faithful for us, even when we're not. When we're stuck in the past or anxious or depressed, we can find hope again. When we can't see the road ahead, we can know that Jesus is leading. When we don't know how to move forward, we can know Jesus is going ahead of us, welcoming us into a promised future. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the one who's gone to prepare a place for us knows the pain, anger, and devastating grief, anxiety, and despair that we find ourselves in at times. Jesus calls his disciples, all of them, and us, to follow him, to give, to share, to listen, and to serve a world that was just as fractured then as the one we find ourselves in today. Jesus is the one who obeys the will of the Father and goes to the cross to make a way for you and for me and to fulfill the promise of abundant life here and eternal life with him in heaven. We're formed to be faithful here in worship through our relationships with the faithful ones who've gone before us and as we gather with this community of faith to be reminded how we are so loved that we can love one another. But we can't do it alone. We learn to trust God's promises together, to find faith together as we study scripture together and give together and sing and pray together to find faith 
That's not a concept. It's a way of life. To trust that Jesus means what he says. It's a way of being in the world that feels overburdened by fear. To trust that it gets better. But not without us sharing the gifts that we have. And we all have something to offer. But that we are running the varied and many races that have been set before us. And we will find the hope that we long for there at the foot of the cross. And we'll know we are not alone as Christ is running with us all the way. Amen.